Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Launch University. Jeff Henderson here with you. Shane Benson. Great to see you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. And, you know, Shane and I have been in Atlanta. I've been in Atlanta all of my life. You've been in Atlanta a good portion of your good life. Good 12 years now, yeah. yeah. And I think we would say one of the most effective launches we've seen in our city in quite some while, and I would say in the world of sports, is Atlanta United. Oh, by far. By far. Probably the best launch I've seen from a sports team uh, in any city that I've been alone, let alone Atlanta. It's been really astounding. And so we say that because we have Matt Moore with us, who is from Atlanta United, and he's the director of broadcast and media. And Matt, first of all, congratulations on what everyone is saying is just a, an amazing success. And no, thanks, guys. And thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of you guys as well. So uh, this is great. And yeah, look, it, it was a fun launch. I think it was a long, it was a long couple years. But uh, you know, now that the it was a brutal playoff loss. We didn't like how it ended, but now you can kind of sleep in a couple of days and kind of get your rest because <laughs> we needed it. We, we, it took a while, but it was, it, you know, it's something that, you know, one of the more fun things I've done and, and something I'll always cherish as part of it's something I've done in my career. So give us a sense for our listeners. Um, what does your day job look like? Like typical kind of weekly responsibilities. What do you do for Atlanta United? Yeah, so, so um, you know, my title is Director of Digital and Broadcast. So that, you know, for me, that is, you know, under business ops and uh, I oversee the, you know, website, all of social media, um, our video uh, as it pertains to, you know, digital, and then also our local broadcast. So our local broadcast on Fox Sports South, um, you know, we oversee that as well. So that's, you know, we try to integrate those two things, you know, digital and broadcast are separate, but we, we try to, you know, integrate those as we can. And Matt, one of the things we do or trying to help launchers and entrepreneurs do is to take an idea, turn it in reality and sustain it. And that's exactly what y'all have done. So I want to get into how you launched Atlanta United, but to Shane's point, let's take a step back. You were actually working for another team here in Atlanta. So give us your background so our listeners can know what you did. I lived in Atlanta all my life. I think Jeff, you and I are very similar where we follow all the sports teams, including UGA. I went to UGA as well. And uh, so, you know, I always had a passion for sports. I wanted to be a play-by-play broadcaster. That was my dream growing up. I went to UGA, and I, I, you know, there was a lot of people that were scored a lot better than me. I think I was the last person to get into UGA. So I kind of got into the, the, the broadcast news group. There was, you know, there was no getting in there. So I, uh, <laughs> I went the telecom sports studies route, sports communications route. And I, I started really getting into that and did a couple internships with uh, the Atlanta Braves Radio Network. Really enjoyed the technical side, but you, you, you're still part of it, you know? And I was like, this is, this is cool. I like this. And then I, I kind of learned video production on my own. I got into the right time, 2004. Not, if you think what video was on the web in 2004, it was like your real players, you know, your, your Windows <laughs> right. media that. player. Yeah, a lot of buffering, a lot of things like that. So. Um, but I kind of I understood it, and I, I got in at the uh, you know a little ahead of that. And um, the Falcons had an opening in their digital department, um, and it's funny there was two people in the digital department. That I was a writer and the and the director, and they needed someone to do video. And, and I stepped in. I did an internship, and then it you know at that point 
then YouTube launches, right? And then video is takes the, it's the thing, yeah. you know? And so, um, it, you know, it was, it was good timing, but at the same time, you know, I, I think if you're, if you're giving advice, you know, if there is something that you like, and even if you don't do it in school, you know, video is something I enjoyed. I, I would take my parents' camcorder and kind of learn it, uh, read the manual and learn how to do it. And then, you know, I, I tell you, when you go to an interview and you just kind of say you know that stuff and, and you prove it, you kind of have a leg up. So I did that. Um, and then I was, you know, ultimately got to the manager of video services uh, at the Atlanta Falcons and did a lot of video, a lot of social. I was there from 2004, uh, started there. And then and then Atlanta United, you know, whispers of Atlanta's going to get an MLS team and Arthur Blank, who also owned the Falcons, uh, was was going to be the owner of it. And so, you know, our, uh, our CMO at the time came to me and said, hey, you know, we've got about 10 days until this happens. So we need to launch a website and we need to launch uh, all the social properties for it and work with the MLS on that. So that was MLS Atlanta 2017. It wasn't Atlanta United yet. We launched all of that. It went really well. And we started to see the passion for it. You know, we did, um, you know, we did a launch party. It was a big deal. And it was, we did it in Atlanta and you kind of saw something, you know, a buzz, you know, and, and I remember we, we did it at Ventana's downtown Atlanta and, you know, we did this live stream and the mayor was there, Arthur Blank, commissioner and, you know, some VIPs. And then you kind of look and there was all these people banging drums, chanting. And I was like, this <laughs> is different. Something. Like, this is different. Yeah, it's different. And, and, and then I remember leaving Ventana's. I went to Stats with a couple of people to, you know, kind of celebrate. Uh, just you know, at the end, wow, we you know, let's 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 go um, let's go celebrate for a second. And up on the rooftop, everyone was wearing our scarves, wearing shirts. We had sold out of all that, and 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 you just see there was a there was a vibe there. And I think I was like, I, these don't look like the same people I see at Falcons games, you know, or Hawks games when I go. And so I knew something was there. And then for the next you know about year, um, we just kind of maintained it, right? Because you know, you weren't launching till 2017. And so we still had some time. And uh, so we kind of maintained it. When news happened, we put it on the website. We, you know, we'd put it on social. You know, we'd, we'd engage where, when necessary with people that were excited about it. Um, and then as we got closer to the launch, when it was going to be Atlanta United, you're going to have colors, you're going to have a logo. Um, we started having, you know, we had a president, we had a technical director, you know, started getting staff, ticket staff. Um, then I really, you know, I remember we launched Atlanta United and I the, just the amount of retweets, the amount of likes, the shares, the buzz out there. And I said, you know, we, we've got something here. Matt, there's something there that I, I think is important for launchers, for all of us, is that not only did you understand your customer and you're learning your customers, you yeah. go, but you you kept engaging them along the way. So Definitely. I think about you really didn't have a product to launch for, let's say, a year and a half, two years, but you brought them along the journey and you kept them engaged. And I think that's really important. Sometimes when we're launching, we, we wait until the launch versus getting them, bringing them along the way and creating some of that energy. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's funny if you, if, you know, from the digital space that I'm in, it was, you know, there was some lulls in there when, you know, you you had zero news to share, but you could really understand your, you start understanding the culture, understanding your client by, even if it was national puppy day was trending, right? What could you do 
you know, that has to do with Atlanta, has to do with soccer, has to do with this new team, put it out there. Or I remember we did Star Wars Day. We put like a lightsaber photoshopped in Carlos Bocanegra's friend. And we saw how people reacted to that, right? And so, you know, um, and then I'll tell you, you know, we did President's Day and we started putting the scarf on like old President's photo and people crushed us for it. They hated it. Like, that's stupid. That is, you know, and we're like, oh, okay. That culture doesn't like stuff like that, you know, a little cheesy stuff. They like a little, you know, a little less cheesy. So you're exactly right. You're, it was, you're, you yeah, were prototyping along the way. We so were, we were testing a lot of, yeah. you know, how our culture was going to be, how our fan base reacted to things. Um, when we could. And, and I think that did help us when we did have news, when we did have a team, when we did have players. We knew how the consumer was going to react. We knew how to, you know, what to give them. Yeah, all along the way, you were leveraging social media to discover your customer. Correct. And for them to discover you. I, I love that. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this before we started the podcast, and I know people would be interested. So you're, you're building up to this launch. And part of this launch, at least the energy around Atlanta, was this new stadium. And getting to for this soccer team to be able to play in a new stadium, and everybody was a buzz. But then, when the product was about to launch, i.e., the soccer team, there was no new stadium to play in, and all of a sudden, you had to go down the street, down the road to another stadium. Take us through that because you had to help your customer, uh, literally, the fan get used to something different. Yeah, I mean, you know, you think January in 2017, you know, you start, you know, you start selling tickets right and you're and you're selling this great stadium and um you know it's going to be in march and then news comes out that there's going to be a delay in the stadium so then you push back and it's going to be the first of july um and so you know the first time you tell people hey we're going to bobby dot stadium you're not going to this you know you know, billion-dollar stadium with this awesome Halo board that we've sold you. You you, you bought tickets based on this with the roof that opens yeah. and closes. Yeah, roof that and opens, keeps and you out of the elements. Love it. Now we're going to go to this hundred-year-old you know <laughs> stadium, Bobby Dodd. You know where Georgia Tech plays, and you know I think one thing we I would say we did well. So we we called it Project Lemonade. You know you got to that was we had to make the best out of this, right? And so you know we put the news out there, and I think what. You know, something we are big on, one of our values is listening and responding. So we listen to, you know, people. And, and you know, I was telling you guys before we started, I think one thing we do well, and if you're launching something, you be integrated with everyone in your company. So whether it's, you know, the way I say that is, you know, myself, marketing, digital marketing comms, we won't put a billboard out that looks any different than, you know, a social graphic. We won't put any messaging out it looks any different from our press release. Like everything stays the same. It's the same voice, it's the same message. And I and that's the same thing with ticketing and service. So when we see people react to our news, I'm a, you know, I'm a season ticket holder. You sold me a fake bill of goods. Uh, I wanted to go to the stadium and I don't want to go to Bobby Dodd. Instead of just, you know, picking up the phone and like, hey, um, people are upset. No, what we would do is we would we would take that person's name if we had their, if we had their more information, we would pass that to our service team, right, immediately. And so before we let it, you know, fester anymore, you know, before they can go crazy on social media and really destroy us, we would we would call them. We'd call them or email them, or you know, give them a phone number or email that they could use, and instantly, you know, we're trying to make it right. And we did do, you know, I'm not sure if you know, but. 
anyone who was a founding member or season ticket holder and, for, and had to go to Bobby Dodd, we gave them comp tickets for Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So, you know, that's something we did to make it right. So I really do think being integrated, listening and responding is, is huge. You, you can't just let it fester, especially with social media these days. Like, if we had just stayed silent, I was like, well, they'll be happy when they get to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I, I think it wouldn't have been as good of a product as we have now. So that's, that's something we did really well. And so, yeah, we go to Bobby Dodd and the atmosphere is unbelievable. You know, yeah. that's anyone, anyone can talk to about in the, in the media, in the soccer world. I mean, worldwide. at one point in time, I read that it was one of the best stadiums to watch a soccer game yeah. in the country because, because it was a football field. You literally, the fans were three feet from the pitch, You're right? really close to I the mean, action. they're on top of each other. Everybody's yeah. standing up. There's this roar. It's downtown. I'm actually curious, like when you finally did have to leave, were you nervous about going to a stadium and taking all that energy and this culture that you had created with you? It's really funny, you know. You're at this. You're at Bobby Dodd, and, and you know, I'm a UGA grad, so I, I hate that place, right? So I had to. I had to start to like it again. Um, Sorry for all yeah. you Georgia Tech no, fans no. out there. No, no, it's a great stadium. I it, it actually, it, it I actually have a good memory of it now, so it's, it's good. But uh, when um, you know. You, you play your games there, and then the, then the buzz is, why would we ever leave here, you know? And, and, and you're like, no, 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 hang on. Look down the road. There's a billion-dollar stadium. Yeah. This thing is – you're going to be able to get a beer in, you know, less than two minutes. You're going to be able to get a hot dog in less than two minutes, a water, and um, you're going to have this great video board, and you, you're not going to have to wait in these long lines for the bathroom. Like, it's going to be great. And it was, it was funny that, you know, we had built something so great at Georgia Tech that it was almost – you, you, you kind of laugh for a second. They're like, are we really worried about going to this new stadium? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we had to make sure, I, I think uh, our supporter group, you know, the, the, there's four of them, and, and they do a really good job of kind of leading the charge. And we give them, you know, what we expect, and they run with it, and they're passionate about it, and they do a really good job. And I think setting them up for success, giving them things for TIFOs, for chance, you know, Giving them what they needed to make a great atmosphere really helped the transition to Bobby Dodd, or sorry, to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. When you get there, you know that first game, you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be fine. This is great. Yeah. You know, it was awesome. Well, I loved going as a Georgia Bulldog myself. I loved going to Bobby Dodd and seeing all the red and black. All the <laughs> it was <laughs> nice. <laughs> was good. Um, <laughs> now let's go back to before you launched, though, because Shane alluded to this as well. You did something that launchers have to do, and that is build a tribe before you really even launch. And you guys did so many. You, you talked a little bit about this, but I'd like to go back to that because I think what you did was brilliant. In fact, one of the things I blame you for, I, I was uh, I had to get up early on a Saturday to go looking for a flag uh, near where our, our home was. And my son, who followed, who's, you know, we all follow you guys, he said, Dad, they're planting uh, flags in Swanee, which is where we live. So I mean, those are ideas. Are, are, how does it, first of all, how do you come up with these ideas? Are you sitting around a team going, well, what if we plant flags around the city? So tell us a little bit about that idea and how you came up with it. So a few things on that. You know, I think, you know, it, it, this, back to the integration thing, which I, which I really harp on. You'll hear me say that. Um, you know, it's, it's brainstorming. It's, it's, sitting in a, it's sitting in, you know, a boardroom and saying, what can we do to get a buzz around? And then I'll, I'll be honest. The other thing that you got to do is look what other successful people are doing. So we looked That's at Orlando. That's a great, great lesson right We looked there. at Orlando City, who also had a pretty decent launch um, when they came into MLS. There was a lot of buzz around it. They got a nice new stadium. And they also had to play in a different stadium before they got to their nice new stadium, which was similar to us. 
but they put magnets everywhere. So anywhere you went in Orlando, there was magnets. So you're like, wow, that was brilliant. And it's guerrilla marketing at its best, right? You know, any, if you go, you know, to a bus stop, you're getting that branding right there, right? But we didn't want to copy our soon to be rival. So we're like, what could we do? You know, so, and what can we do? And how can we make it better? And I think, you know, Atlanta is so unique with, you know, you do have, your ITP and your OTP, right? But I think it's so That's much inside more, the perimeter and yeah. outside the perimeter for you. It's so much. Uh, sorry, yeah, it's so much. <laughs> it's so much different than that. You know, when you get, you know, more granular. So Atlanta is so neighborhood specific, right? So you've got, you know, Inman Park, you've got Grant Park, you've got Buckhead, you know, little Five Points, but then you get outside the perimeter and you've got Marietta and you've got. Kennesaw and you and then you you got Norcross and and Buford and you know you know McDonough like and so I think we saw how you know people get pretty passionate about their neighborhoods and they're and they're passionate about the the coffee shop there they're passionate about the bar there they're passionate about the park there and so we were like where can we you know how can we put our brand out there get people excited about it um, and also you know make it part of their neighborhood you know so we went on a, it was a, you know, it was a, it was a, a long initiative. You know, it was, it was every Friday would be flags out Friday and we would, you know, we would start at a few neighborhoods and we would, we would make it a scavenger hunt pretty easy. So people know how to do it. And, you know, you would see, why aren't you coming to my neighborhood? And then same thing, listen and respond. Hey, put that on the list for, for two weeks from now. Let's go to that neighborhood. People are passionate there. Um, and we also looked at the kind of the CRM data where our ticket holders are coming from. So, hey, we know, you know, even we've got some people in Athens. Let's let's not forget them, you know. Um, wow, uh, you know, I noticed that, you know, Smyrna has a really good, they're, they're, they're passionate about this. Let's make sure we're hitting Smyrna. And so it was good to do the passion. And then we kind of took it a step further where, you know, when you were a founding member, we, could, we took the flag idea and sent you a big flag, right? And then, hey, hang that flag outside your house. And we'll come surprise and delight, possibly. We'll give you a trip. You know, someone won a trip to go to the Portland match. Someone won a trip to the All-Star game. Someone won, you know, Papa John's for a year. I mean, there's things like that where, you know, it's helping us because people are passing by and seeing flags out. Wait, you know, what is Atlanta United? And it's funny, you know, it's, it's been a good launch, but there's still, you know, we're still trying to educate people what we are. You know, I remember when I first wore this logo, the Atlanta United logo, and I went to like the QT, and the guy was like, "What is that? What what youth club is that?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, it's a very <laughs> But now, it's funny. I laugh because I go in there, and someone's like, "Yeah, Atlanta United." Like, I love that. And it, and it's it's you know, I think that's all part of what we did with, you know, having so much stuff. You know, having a billboard is great, but if you pass by your neighbor's house. They have this Atlanta United flag out. You you kind of get intrigued and you you want to learn more and engage with that. You know that that statement is huge because well, I think Shane, what Matt's talking about is they didn't assume. Hey, we're we're the new kids in town. We're major league soccer. We got a billion dollar stadium. No, and you, you mentioned this. We're going to do guerrilla marketing. And hey, we'd rather have a flag outside your house than a billboard down the because it's it's easy to to, to purchase a billboard. It's really hard to convince somebody to put a put a sign out. Right, well, what, else, I, what I love about this too, Matt, kudos to you and your team. I mean, you, you, what you've done is you've intrigued the customer with 
the physical expression and the digital expression, right? You, a lot of new brands and actually anybody launching, they strictly go to social media and they try and do all of this stuff through social media and it's a digital play. But what you did is you combined the physical side of that. I love this flags on Friday, but you pushed it with the digital side. And so um, I think that's brilliant. I mean, you guys have engaged us both physically and digitally, and that, that's uh, shown up in the success that you guys are having. Yeah, and it's cool because, you know, like you said, you, you, you got to do it all, right? So we can do a Snapchat story and show all these flags on people's house. And that's going to be our youngest demographic and they're going to ask their dad to go get a flag. Yeah. And yep. now we've educated the dad about it because he's got to know about it and the son's passionate about it. And I think, you know, for, for our digital, our initiatives were just to educate, excite, and engage. Enge- educate, engage, and excite. And so, you know, once we educate you, we, want, we hope you get so excited that you're sharing our stuff. You know, you're sharing, you're sharing these graphics. You're sharing that someone, you know, put a flag you know, at your local coffee shop. When you do that, it, it, you know, I hate the word viral because it's so overused, but it does, it does spread, you know, and in and, and, and a good way. I, I think now, I'd love to kind of transition, you got a kind of juggernaut on your hands. Now, it's kind of like, now what? Okay. And so as you're in the off season now, thinking about, you know, season two, uh, what's your, you don't have to give us any secrets, but kind of what is your planning any differently now that you're, that you know what you, you've uh, now launched, you're right. kind of in the next season. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. You want to continue, you, you want to keep the excitement going. You know, I think I challenge my team, like, you know, look, we were number one in the MLS in engagement, all social channels. Like, can we do that again? Like, of course we were number one. We were the hot new team. Like we were fun. People, knew about us you know it was it was a cool thing to do at our place but how are we going to continue that you know and and it can't be the same status quo content that we put out you know we've got to we've got to change it up even if it was successful change it up a little bit have a different look have a different graphic have a different you know title for it a different copy so so people aren't just getting immune to it like oh that's wednesday and that's a highlight and they sponsored by delta so i know it's I might watch it later. Like we let's let's change it up where it looks different, the feels different, and they may not know what it is, and we're still generating that excitement because we still need it shared. We still want it. We need it engaged. You know, we 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 want you to engage with that. So, you know, the challenge is, you know, can we have the same raucous ap- atmosphere at, at, at our events, and can we have the same passion, you know, digitally and in the community for for this product? Now, who are you looking at outside of? soccer world or sports world are are there the people that you're learning from that we could learn from as well yeah it's a great question so in the sports world i think you know i think what we do really what i think works really well in the digital and social world is access right so i take for granted that i get to go in the atlanta united locker room or that i got to go in the atlanta falcons locker room so the average person's never has never done that or is never going to get to do that how can I make it where they feel like they are in the locker room or how they are in our building or they are in our president's office or they are on the bus with the players going to a match? So I think that's something I'm really big on and I think does really well with content. So I like to look at you know different brands, different uh, other sports teams that do similar to that. I think you know, it's funny. I think one of my favorite social accounts, you know, to follow is the 76ers. 
and they're you, they're terrible. Like I mean, they're just now getting good, but they've had they've had a rough stretch. But how do they kind of embrace that? You know, like they don't just put out there like, oh, woe is me. We'll we'll get better next time. They kind of embrace it and and have the voice of that of what the fans thinking. I think that's a really good one. I think the Hawks did a great job, you know, as far as being edgy, being fun and clever um, on their social accounts. Um, and, you know, just, just being uh, relevant what's going on. You know, I saw the Falcons, you know, with the when the Georgia Dome, I don't know if you saw when it imploded, the MARTA bus, like, blocked the Weather yeah. Channel. Like, I saw so many people, you know, after that happened, you know, making their own memes or making their own, you know, the Falcons put the touchdown of Mohamed Sanu catching the ball and then the bus, bus pulls up. And I think that's brilliant. <laughs> that's where you've got to be, you know, you got to be edgy. And I think, look, that starts from the top. Like our president and, and our and our technical director and our, and our you know, our VP of, of business operations, like they give us the freedom to, you know, we, we, we put our social strategy out and our digital strategies. Like we want to be, you know, we want to be respectful. We're not going to make fun of other teams. We're not going to. We're, we're never going to be uh, degrading in any way. But can we be fun and clever? Edgy, I think, is the wrong word. Like, can we be fun and can we can we try things and see if it works? You know, that's the thing. As far as other brands, you know, um, and I tell you, Amazon's awesome. Like we <laughs> like when you when you want to see how integration. I mean, that's that's yeah. that is integration right mm -hmm. there. Um, I think Coca-Cola is, is, is fun as well to watch how they are not only talking about, you know, just the actual Coca-Cola. They're into e-gaming. They're into music, Spotify they're very, they, channels. They're staying relevant. Like that. Yeah. I, I want to pick up. I, I want to make sure listeners don't miss this. Um, Jeff, this is what I heard, um, and I think this was powerful. In a way, you're trying to make sure the product is accessible and that there's some transparency and it's fun. So when I think about that, getting behind the scenes, like you said, you know, not many people are going to be able to go back in the locker room or be on the team bus. And as you think about a product that you're you're launching, how do you let people behind the scenes um, into some of the struggles or the challenges around what it means to launch something? And I think that's really helpful for oftentimes customers. They're, they're actually engaged by that. I think that's that's why this phenomenon of opening up a package <laughs> catches on. People are literally watching people open up a box or oh, a yeah. package because they kind of want to know what's in it, right? So you're letting people see what's in it, what's behind the scenes. I mean, I have a five-year-old and her, she's obsessed with the with these two things on YouTube Kids where it's, uh, you know, some a lady literally opens up packages of toys and then her other one, there's like a reality show of like this family and, that, and then she's getting that access into this, you know? And I think for me, you know, if you're launching something new, like, show me how it's launching like don't just don't just like you know tell me what it is show me show me it being made show me your staff being built show me you know put yourself out there show show us what's working what's not working mm -hmm. and i think that's going to make you kind of feel part of it you're going to be you're actually going to have a little more passion there yeah. you know can, can i go back to something you said about the the georgia dome implosion in the marta bus so there there's something with timeliness that's really important. So that if, if let's say somebody posted that three weeks from now, we, the, the buzz has kind of died down. So you, you got to be timely. But then there, you run the risk sometimes of we're going to be timely, and you could 
cross that line. So don't you don't have to get any trade secrets, but is there a process that something like this happens? Is there a filter that they have to go through? How to, but then if there is a filter, it can't take forever because you lose the timeliness. And that's the thing that, you know, it, it gives me the anxiety, you know, like that's <laughs> well, good. At least now you're being real. That's exactly. One, that's that's what gives me, it. that's what gives me the shakes. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, you know, I don't know. If, like, I remember there was a hashtag that was trending and it wasn't for the right thing. And a, and a brand just jumped on it. Right. And was like, you know, took that hashtag and, and tried to make it about them and, and it, and it, and it, it backfired, you know, it, it miserably. And so, yes, there is a filter process. You know, we make sure when, especially when you want to try something at that moment, it gets to me. And then if I have questions, I'll, I'll run it all the way to the top. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the same thing. Like, you know, your, your higher ups got to know that, you know, they're going to, they need to be available to see this stuff and, and trust us, but they ultimately get the final call on that. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's the ones that, you know, you, you get nervous about. And, and are we going to do this? Uh, okay, let's try it, you know. Well, and nothing, uh, yeah. you know, honestly, I heard you mention earlier, you know, putting scarves around uh, former presidents or yeah. dead presidents, you know, that you realize very quickly um, your fan base didn't appreciate that. And so you've got to be open, transparent, apologetic, and say, hey, we tried something that didn't work. And I think there's something to that, too. It's not just hiding it. It's like being open about, hey, we made a mistake. And, and, and I'll say this. The best thing that happened, I was freaking out that day because I knew it had not gone well. But the best thing that happened is I called my boss, who was the VP of business ops, and I said, hey, we messed up today. Like, we tried this, and, and it, it failed miserably. And, I'm, you know, I want to let you know, like, we're not going to put anything else out, but I'm not going to delete these because then it makes us look even worse. But it didn't go well, and we won't do this again. And, and, and her response was awesome. It was, well, we we talked about trying things so we know that doesn't work and i think if you have the backing and if you've given your staff the backing when something does go wrong you can't get mad i mean you can you can you can be upset but you can't get like you know mad and you have to still have their back and and trust them and i think you know i do the same i try to do the same thing you know let's learn from our i call them teachable moments let's learn from what happened how can this never happen again and how can we make it you know and make it right but yeah i mean those that that's that's the thing that you know has given me my gray hairs is is when you know are we going to do this are we not you've got to be relevant and you've got to stay you know fun and clever a little edgy yeah well so many great leadership principles in that first of all that you owned it and you you let up you didn't you didn't wait you know a mentor of mine said hey if there's bad news bad news doesn't get better with age just go ahead and own it and you did that but then on the other side uh the person that you report to the their her reaction was awesome as well because that that freed you up to go okay yeah we're, it's okay to be a human yeah. being and make mistakes definitely definitely no I mean and that's you know I think that's just part of all being on the same having the same goal having the same missions you know if you're all on the same page and all have the same goals all want to get to that same point um, then then that's how it should work because that there's nothing worse than hey we want to try things I think you should try things and then you do try things and you and you get crushed for it like you know, it's, it's got to be, how can we not make this happen again, mm-hmm. you know? When it comes to social media platforms, do you find yourself having a different voice for Twitter versus Instagram? And how do, are there some things we can learn there? Absolutely. Um, so they all are different. And, you know, we've, we've kind of done an audit 
and I would see, I would absolutely suggest if you're, you know, for your brand, you should do an audit on each of your uh, accounts. You know, uh, we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, so Snapchat. So what would audit look like, Matt? So you would go and, you know, get your insights, right? So Facebook and Twitter have really good insights. Instagram does as well now. Snapchat's a little different. You're probably only going to get kind of a, a, a very broad demographic. Um, but with Facebook, Twitter, and um, Instagram, it, it's free. And there are services out there that, you know, range from very costly to, you know, you can get a deal on them. But you can do it for free if you want. And, and Facebook will tell you your male-female uh, ratio, your age. And then you can also get in there and see, you know, what did well, what didn't, you know. And so we know that on Instagram, like, we we know that a really nice looking picture or series of pictures is going to do a lot better than a video. We'll put video on there occasionally to keep it, to keep it on there. But we know that, a, that a really good looking high quality, if we can, you know, edited photo treated photo is going to do really, really well. And we, we know that a treated photo is going to do better than a non-treated photo. So if we have the time, we're going to treat it and put it on Instagram versus we know a live video, or a you know a video two minutes and under is going to do really really well on Facebook. So we know we know our fans on Facebook are consuming our video and our feeds um, and watching it longer than than they would on Instagram. Whereas Twitter, we know that that's when we need to break news on. That's where we need to stay relevant, stay newsworthy, stay in people's feed. Um, so you know it is, and then Snapchat. That's kind of your headline, yeah. is what I hear you saying. With yes, Twitter. yeah. Twitter is where we'll, we'll break news if we need to make an announcement. If we need to do that, but at the same time, we still gotta, you know, have the the really good content on there too. But you know, if we had a polished video, Facebook's where it's gonna go first you know, versus Twitter. Um, we may put it on Twitter, but it may be a shorter version on that. And then you know, Snapchat too. We can still see how many people are viewing our story. So. You know, that you've kind of got to get into and be just how your young consumer is doing on Snapchat. Like, mm -hmm. don't make it look any different than what they're seeing their friends put out, right? So, so that's um, not edited. That's not polished. That's like. That's a behind the scenes photo with, yep. you know, you may take your, um, you know, pen tool and write something, you know, scribble something on there, and people are going to not notice a difference from what their friends are putting on Snapchat, too. So we're not you know, the oddball on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's really good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Cause I, I would imagine there's a lot of launchers out there right now that are really struggling with, well, what do I do for each one of these platforms? And oftentimes we find ourselves kind of victim of, well, I'll just put the same thing on each, on the all platforms. And, and that's what I hear you saying is each one of these is uniquely different in finding out what your consumers, how they're, how they're, you know, digesting that information or using that information is really important. Yeah. Just think about this. So let's, let's, let's take the hardcore Atlanta United fan, right? He, he or she, we hope, and, and probably does follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Snapchat. So if they go on Twitter first and they see something they like, they're gonna retweet it, right? Well, that's, that's our hope. Then they log on Instagram and they see the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're probably like, well, I've already shared that. Mm -hmm. you know. But if they see something slightly different or, or it could be from the same training session or same game, but if it's a different player, you know, they're more likely to, to hit the heart button, make a comment on Instagram, 
by saying something totally different or and it's not really totally different it's just a different look or maybe a different copy so i would absolutely recommend that you don't just copy and paste on all all your social channels like divvy it up and then see what works you know i think a b testing is great you know do a if you wanted to share something from train you know from from something if you, if you made a video or you had some photos, put them both out there and see what does best. See if a shorter copy does well. See if a 30 second video does better than a two minute video. See if uh, you know a photo gallery does better than one single photo. Mm-hmm. And I would say you know, your A-B testing is, is crucial in that. And, and I would also say this, if you're launching something and you have a little bit of um, capital to put behind it, you know, boosting your stuff and targeting, you can then target your audience that is crucial as well. So we can, if we have something that we know is going to do well, we can we can put that out there, put a little money behind it, and we can absolutely target people that we know is in our, you know, we can target the 18 to 34 male who lives in Atlanta, follows soccer accounts, follows ESPN, and likes craft beer and, you know, Diet Coke. We do that. And then we've targeted a whole new different audience that may not follow us yet, but are going to see it in their feed. And it should be something they're interested in. Mm-hmm. So if you do have the capital to put a little uh, ad behind it, and I would say for a smaller company, like you're going to need to, because that's, that's the way to get people to engage and you know ultimately follow you on, on social and digital. Do you have minimal uh, post requirements? Like, hey, we want to have one Instagram post a day, 10 tweets. How, what, or, or, it's a great question. And my philosophy is don't post just to post, but make sure you stay relevant. So I'd say in the off season, it's going to look a little different than the season. On a game day, we're going to have a lot of posts. And people are going to expect that because mm-hmm. there was a game. They want to either get excited for it follow it when it's happening and relive it but on a day like you know on a day like today when we're in the off season we shouldn't be posting every hour you know maybe maybe we we divvy it up maybe it's every two or three hours but and and only post if we had things to post that people are going to engage with because you know if you're just putting things out there to put things out there or re you know regenerating things you know it's your engagement's going to go down, and it's just—it's going to be a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a very common sense approach. I mean, it, you know, you're—you're you're not only in charge and have this responsibility, but you're also a consumer. I mean, you love soccer, you love Atlanta United, not just because you work there, but because you're a fan. And so, like, how would you want to, you know, digest some of that information and and that's the thing. It? I I try to do it from when I get excited about this. Like, would I love to watch a live video of? our guys getting off the bus and going in the locker room like of course i would and i'll watch it when you know i like i like liverpool i like the hawks i like the braves falcons or uga like if uga does a live video this weekend at georgia tech i'll i'll definitely watch it because i want I'm, I'm not there and i'll get to see it you know and that's mm-hmm. that that's, game is yeah. at bobby dodd stadium it is <laughs> it is hopefully there's a lot of red and black there right Jeff? that's right absolutely absolutely <laughs> well matt first of all thank, this has been fantastic thank you so much and you i mean we, we like you a lot, but we're not saying this because we like you. You and your team have led one of the best launches yeah. we've seen in quite a while. So really congratulations. Thank you so you're, much. You're the dad I got nervous of at that, um, you know, when you, you bring your dad in to talk about their job. And if I had to follow you, I'd be like, no way. This guy's done it all, <laughs> man. Right, right. Are you kidding me? It's been fun. And, you know, it's, it's completely – my expectations were, were ex- ex- exceeded my expectations. I knew it was going to be good, but – that first Sunday, 
when I kind of looked around and, and, and saw the atmosphere at that Bobby Dodd. And then, you know, that, you know, even that playoff game when we, when we lost and penalty kicks, like you just kind of looked around and like, wow, dude, mm-hmm. this is, this is real. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not going away. And, and, you know, I think it's only going to get more better. It's only going to get better. And, you know, that's the other thing is like, you know, you, you, you start walking around and you see kids wearing Atlanta United gear. Like that makes you really happy because you know, that's the future. You were a part of that, yeah. that's yeah. for sure. Well, you've mentioned integration a lot. I'll just have to tell you, one of the things you guys have done so well is value the people who wear your logos and come to the games. So at the end of that game, I, our family was there. Heartbreaking loss. So the, the team, after all that, they get in a circle and they start applauding the, the fans. Yeah. That was a really powerful moment because I think you're saying, we value, hey, thanks for doing this first season, and I know we're on the – the field and playing all this but you guys so it was it was a really big moment for for your community definitely and and look we're nothing without them you know yeah. i mean we we could you know we could go play in an empty stadium and and it's just it's not going to be good you know and, and you do go you know to some markets and and you kind of really become thankful for what you have mm-hmm. and and i think i think our players felt that too i know i did and, and so you get back home and, and you see that and it, it at the very least, we better be, you know, all clapping and thanking them, you know, because without them, it, you don't have what we what we had this past year. Well, you're definitely living the brand. Thank you so much, Jeff, and I thank you because he actually brought some swag today. So uh, <laughs> there's right. some good United, Atlanta United gear back here. But uh, Matt, thank you for what you're doing for the city of Atlanta and for Atlanta United and your leadership. It's it's been fun to hang out with you today. And my pleasure, guys. Thanks thanks for having me. And we'll put this in the show notes. But how can we stay in touch with you? Yeah, so it's at ATLUTD uh, on all our social accounts. We're ATLUTD.com. And if you need anything, if you, you're interested in anything, any questions, we promise if you DM, Facebook message, or write us a message on any of our accounts, um, we, we will get back to you in a timely manner and, and answer whatever you need. There's a lesson right there. Well, everybody, thanks for being a part of the Launch University podcast. Uh, we just hope that your ideas, this has helped your ideas, turn that idea into reality and sustain it, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.